Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Live Show. My name is Rodney Nabolsi. I am joined by former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan, the Hall of Famer himself. The only reason you are tuning into this show is because Jim Donnan is on it. He'll shake his head, but we all know that's true. You're not there to see my pretty face or Dane Young's new haircut and that uh, uh, brawny ad that he's trying to make go em- emulate there. So uh, the paper towel ads, but no. Uh, we're here to talk about Georgia scrimmage, talk about spring. I mean, it's going to be fall camp. Uh, camp's over. They're practicing. They gotta, I mean, we're less than three weeks away, Coach. And they had the first scrimmage of fall camp last Saturday. Everyone was waiting with bated breath to hear about how good Georgia did or how bad Georgia did. And uh, I, I remember talking to you last week, and you said, as a coach, it drives you crazy because people read so much into the scrimmage, and there's – if the offense did good, that means the defense is doing bad. There's not really a win-win from it, but we put out some notes, Coach, and I guess the win-win or the, the win that came out of it was I, I heard a lot about Darnell Washington, and I, I'm, I'll ask if you heard the same, but I heard he ran over some people and kind of looked back to the Darnell Washington that we've seen a few times. And if anything, no matter what comes out of the scrimmage, Coach, I'm really excited about the th- thought of uh, seeing Darnell Washington fully healthy, and maybe with a whole season ahead of him. Yeah, I am too. I mean, he deserves it. I mean, when you look at his uh, injuries that he's had, uh, you know, the same injury to the foot. And when you're a big guy, your extremities are just so important to you. Even You know, everybody's are, but particularly with that much weight bearing on it. And uh, he's going to always get, get a lot of oohs and odds because you just don't see a guy that big able to run with that kind of uh, – you know, velocity and make people come off the pile. And um, from what I've heard, he, he made a couple of those. But uh, the times I've seen him there in uh, pre-fall camp there when they were doing seven on seven, he looked very sleek, uh, looked in good shape. And the one thing uh, that the average fan or the above-average fan or the super fan needs to take into context is the uh, – what you're trying to do is get your team ready. You're not worried about uh, too much about who's doing what. You certainly want the guys to, to do well and execute their assignments and, and show discipline and all, But and you're trying to evaluate them. But you're trying to get a good feel for uh, your offense and defensive packages, what's going to work and what's not going to work based on the new players you got because you don't have this, some of the same ones back. So – uh, you know, sometimes the defense is going to be in a vanilla defense for the offense so a young quarterback can read the coverages and, and evaluate him. Sometimes uh, the uh, offense is going to let is going to see the defense come out with a lot of pressure so you can evaluate how these defensive backs can play man-to-man coverage. So there's a lot built into a scripted-type scrimmage where uh, Coach Smart's kind of controlling which side's doing what. And then there's some just football where, like a game where neither team knows what the other's doing and you have to evaluate that. Plus, which I like, and, and the, what I've always said on this show and, and throughout my coaching career, you know what won for you last year and you know what got you beat. Yeah. You have to practice those situations and drill them into the players and, and point them out to them that, hey, we were able to keep the ball away from Clemson here at the end of the the game with our four-minute offense or 
we weren't very good at the end of the half against uh, Alabama in the championship game in the SEC when they, uh, you know, put the game away with those scores like they had. So uh, you just got to practice situations and, and evaluate your team. But, but the average fan, the super average fan, whoever it is, you, you're, you're starving for info and you want you just want to hear about what's going on. And, and certainly you put it, put it out there, Roddy. You got some good sources that, that talk to you. But I just, uh, from my perspective, I feel like that Kirby has a good feel for what he needs to do to get his team ready. Every, every head coach usually has a – particularly if you're established, has a pretty good idea of what kind of work you need to do, what kind of work you need to let off on. And this is a very uh, different week here because – and I don't mean to sound anything like a football coach here, but they're, they're starting to school tomorrow. I yeah. mean, that, that's what they've, they're here for, number one, uh, is to get an education. So their routine is going to be up in the, a lot different uh, than it's been throughout the first 15 days of this month. So – Instead of 24-7 football, now you got your academic appointments you got to make. You got your tutoring. You got uh, classes that you're going to. And you have to build in your weight training, uh, your your meals. All of a sudden, instead of just having happy-go-lucky, you only got certain time you can go eat because you got to get to a class and all that. So you got to figure that out. So it's a, it's a little bit of a change up here tomorrow. And the stress level – I've never seen the first day of school where the class, when he started school, that that practice was worth anything because <laughs> uh, you got guys coming late because they they had something wrong, or you got guys that are stressed out because they they got a bad teacher they weren't thinking about, or whatever it might be. Drop and, ad, coach. Drop ad. Just uh, and and coaches realize it, but you got to work through it, but. You never want to have a bad day, but uh, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow from the standpoint of uh, it would be the first great practice in the history of college coaching if we do that well. And maybe we will. Who knows? But uh, just a lot of th- these distractions are going to add up. Uh, and, then, and if you think – if you multiply that by 125 – that's how many guys out there practicing. You're going to have 125 guys. Hey, don't they have 20 of them tomorrow? Yeah, you got – that's that's what I'm saying. You got your new group coming in tomorrow, and they're, they're going to have a real tight butt coming out there tomorrow. <laughs> I promise you that because we haven't been doing any of this. And you add that to uh, what's expected of them compared to what they've been – you know, some of them is the first practice they've ever had in Georgia, so. It'll it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, but I will say this though, and uh, just for our fans out there, if if I could just make one point right now about the season, I am James freaking Brown. I feel good. I, I just I feel good about our team. You said that last year and they won a title, so I don't know what kind of credibility you have. I didn't I wasn't I'm not ready to kick it across the stage like James like I was last year, but I would say I could chuck Barry it across the stage right now with a with a guitar that 
we got players. We got tremendous coaching. Uh, our guys are working hard, and uh, I, I just I, I just feel like our organizational structures is, is in such good position that these guys are uh, in, in the realm that they need to be. Uh, so there's still plenty of time too. I mean, you know, a long long time for the first dance. So uh, the next week's going to be critical. I told Dane about this. Uh, uh, off air uh, because you're going to establish your scout team next Wednesday. Usually really? it goes 10 days before the first game. Everybody gets a chance until 10 days. And then you got to start putting some guys on the scout team to run Oregon stuff. And you can't give everybody the same amount of reps that you've been giving them because you got to get your team ready to play another team. So uh, you got tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, the scrimmage Saturday, They'll take off Sunday, then Monday and Tuesday, and then usually Monday and Tuesday they work on, uh, you know, two or three teams, just give them some visual on some conference games about what that team does, just so when they play them later in the year, they will have a little practice time against them. But but, uh, starting next Wednesday, it'll be the Oregon Ducks. We we should also mention – Arian Smith and his absence from these practices. Uh, Roddy talked about it some on the event at UGASports.com. Coach, what what does Arian Smith's absence mean? And I mean, Kirby Smart was just saying this kid just had the worst luck in the world. Yeah, I, I just see how hard he's worked. I mean, everybody talks about him being injury prone, and and certainly when you have injuries that multiply, then there's a tendency to typecast you that, but couple of them have just been freaky deals. I mean, this could have happened to anybody, uh, the one that happened the other day. And then uh, when you get a high ankle sprain, there's not a lot you can do about it uh, as, as far as what, what to, to work on it. So I think they did some kind of repair on it to try to help it. There's just a new technique where they actually operate on these high ankle sprains, and you, you're going to miss some time. But uh, just a really good kid that wants to do it so badly and – it really hurts your offense. I mean, uh, the guy's a deep threat, one of the fastest players in America, college or pro. But uh, we're going to be all right at receiver, though. Uh, Don Blaylock and Kyrus Jackson are just really big pluses to have that kind of experience. And they're, they're doing a good job of monitoring their reps, kind of like a pitcher on a, on a pitch count in baseball. I mean, they're just really being careful with them and uh, – I mean, I think that's what they're going to do. That's what they talked about. But, uh, you know, that we know what they can do. And uh, then you add McConkey and Mitchell and uh, this young kid, Bell, I heard caught, caught some balls the other day. Uh, and, of course, you got Rosemey, uh, who who really had a good spring, and he stayed healthy too. So, uh, And then Jackson Meeks uh, is a very consistent guy. So uh, I like what we got there and. I watched that interview with Brock Bowers tonight. Uh, he did a good job of coming out and uh, talking about everybody else and not so much about himself. But uh, what a talent he is! And we just uh, we got a good, you know, if you if you had one of those, uh, what's the name of that furniture place? Uh, rooms for sale or what is that? Uh, rooms, rooms to, to go? go. Rooms to go. I guarantee you that tight end room. They could make a lot of money out of Facebook. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, 
when you look at those NIL deals, that'd be a perfect one. They could have all the tight ends and hey, furniture big enough to sit uh, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington and Reed Gilbert and Rylan Gody and Oscar Delp and uh, Brett Seethers. Like, yeah. hey, we, we got the uh, the sectional and the fold out and we can hold up these guys will look great in your house. Man, yeah, somebody dropped the yeah. NIL ball there. there. There wouldn't be a lot of loungers there because these guys don't lounge around much. These guys are going 100 miles an hour and the thing about every one of them is special teams i mean uh brock bowers and uh i mean you look at our punt team brock bowers and kenny mack are on the punt team i wow. mean and uh you got uh i mean they were last spring i don't know what they are in the fall but uh and uh so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the kicking game here well, while yeah. we're while we're talking about tight ends, I do have the clip um, that we pulled from Brock Bowers. So let's play that because he's talking about the tight end room uh, and how they're all rooting for each other. I mean, we're all we're all kind of rooting for each other, uh, supporting each other. It, it's it's a really good environment in that room. Just uh, everyone kind of wants everyone to succeed. And when someone else is making plays, I'm happy for them. I think when I'm making plays, people have for me. So it, it's it's a good environment. In that room. Yeah. Good job by Brock. I listened to that. I don't know. I did. Do you have that place in there when they asked him about adjusting to Georgia, where he said one of the things he still can't understand the way people talk here. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. I mean, your average Napa Valley guy's not really into that South Georgia jargon. <laughs> he also said his favorite sauce at Zaxby's is ketchup. So that's not. Typical uh, southerner. The Heisman is off. The Heisman, no, no Heisman. I was going to do the Brock Bowers for Heisman campaign. Is ketchup? Yeah. He just said ketchup is his preferred sauce. As Zach, he has an NIL deal with Zaxby's, and so that's oh, we're done talking about them. Nothing wrong with that. There goes the Mackey Award right out the window. Done. It's over. Uh, I did want to mention some of the other things we, a few things we heard from the scrimmage because. I didn't hear a whole lot about Brock out of the scrimmage, but coach, I'm thinking if you're if he's out there, you don't need to throw to him. You know what he's going to do. But there are other guys you need to try out, like we mentioned uh, Darnell Washington. You mentioned Dylan Bell. We heard good things about him, but I'm sure he's running with the twos or threes. But still, that's a freshman wide receiver who people came out of the scrimmage are like, "Hey, Dylan Bell's great." Like, yeah, we know. I uh, heard good things about Smile Mondin and uh, Xavier Story uh, tackling in space. You know, some a couple of inside linebackers who are doing a good job. But what really got my attention was. Uh, you mentioned Don Blaylock a second ago, Coach. He had a long touchdown pass, which, again, that's good for him, maybe bad for coverage. I don't know. We, it, yeah, I mean, it, that's But good. I'm just happy for Don Blaylock. I just, yeah, I'm happy for him. And uh, <laughs> uh, the thing that you also got to temper the enthusiasm with a little realism, uh, most of the time when a freshman is doing good, he's going against either a freshman or a walk-on. When you're doing the team, there's not many of those freshmen going with the twos. Uh, right. There's a couple of them that we'll talk about later on, but uh, so you got to be careful with. True. Uh, like, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up on them, but I did hear yeah. good stuff about uh, Georgia's uh, freshman running backs, uh, Branson Robinson and uh, Andrew Paul. Again, and I, and I knew, I knew, which I started to send you a text before the thing. I said, "You're going to hear." everybody's going to be wahoo about those two because Kendall Milton's not playing and they're going to get about just like Gilbert did when Bowers and Washington, they're going to get a lot more chances and they're going to be playing. Uh, 
you know, in some significant roles out there in, in situations that aren't necessarily scrimmages, like uh, short yardage, red zone. Yeah. I mean, uh, a back can break one in the short yardage drill for like 50 yards and nobody's really worried about it because all they want to do is make the first down, but the defense doesn't stop them. They're not that worried about the guy going all the way because they're working on a short yardage defense. But I think both these guys got ability, but uh, I don't know that they're ready to play a significant role right now just because of the of the uh, volume of stuff that we do. But they're both additions to our team. Well, I thought we it was very interesting last week when we had uh, got to speak to Dell McGee. He was asked about Kenny McIntosh. And, Coach, he talked about Kenny like he used to talk about uh, uh, Todd Gurley and uh, – uh, I mean, uh, DeAndre Swift and, you know, uh, Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Just raving. I, I don't think he ever coached Gurley, but he, he, he did. I was, I was thinking about the picture of those three guys together, you know, yeah. back in the day, but he's, the way he's talking about uh, – we know it's late at night and you're having a hard time putting it all together. It is, and probably had a beer or two. He had to uh, take his son to school today, and I'm happy for that. But let me yeah. tell you something. That Kenny Mack is – if you're looking at a pro back, what they're looking for, ability to run tough, play special teams, catch a ball out of backfield, make people miss, he's, he's a pro back. I mean, that's what he yeah. is. I mean, he can – same thing with Kendall Milton, uh, make the pile move. I mean, you got you got Michelle and Chubb and those two, in my mind. They're, they're just a lot of the same uh, attributes. Each one's, you know, Kenny Mack, a lot like Michelle. Uh, and he's a lot like Swift, too. Uh, and then Milton, Powerball. I mean, just so things yeah. can be okay. And I don't, I don't worry about what he might be missing. Like when Robert Edwards hurt his foot, you know, that one year, and then he had – we watched him all spring and then waited to the fall, and they were asking me how much you're going to use Robert Edwards in fall camp. I said, that's a rhetorical question, isn't it? And the guy said, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going to use him one play. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't – what am I going to get? All I'm going to do is get him hurt, so uh, – I think Milton will be fresh as a daisy, and there's a lot of stuff he can do to uh, keep keep in shape, and uh, he'll be ready. Yeah, Coach, let's touch on that real quick. Uh, well, first on Kendall Milton, uh, Kenny McIntosh, we already had like a 65-yard touchdown, and you mentioned DeAndre Swift, and that's exactly what uh, uh, they said uh, last week about him is that he has the best hands on the team for a running back since DeAndre Swift, and, man, love throwing it to Swift out of the backfield. But I'm like, what about James Cook? So – but regardless, he he is in that uh, stratosphere of the way uh, uh, Coach Del McGee was talking about him. But then we broke the news that uh, uh, Kendall Milton was having a hamstring issue. Kirby Smart confirmed it after the scrimmage, said it's a grade one or whatever. What do you do? You, you say he won't miss anything because he's smart. He knows what to do out there. But how do you take care of a hamstring? How People get worried about it, but, I mean, can you very, stretch it? What do you do? Very gingerly. I mean, okay. it's up to, to the young man. I mean, you got to. You just can't really test it that much the, with the trainer. The trainer is just going to gradually work them out. But uh, our our training staff does a tremendous job of uh, working the guys that aren't practicing as much as they can 
and non-related injury and non-related stuff to the injury to help them and not stress the injury. Like they might be throwing them a medicine ball and doing sit-ups and, you know, a lot of upper body stuff while he not doing as much with his uh, lower body and catching some balls, standing still and doing some short change of direction. But you, you know, that that's, your your pins are your or your game, man. You got to be careful with those hamstrings. So, uh, but Kendall's got an unbelievable work ethic. I mean, he's just. Uh, I remember the first time I ever saw him in the butts mirror. He was walking towards the weight room, and I went up and introduced myself. And he said, "Yeah, I, I saw your picture up there, coach, or something like that." And I mean, just very outgoing. But he said, "I got to go in there and get me a little burn here before I." I mean, I just like the way he just said, I'm going to get me a little, I don't know that he said burn or what he was going to talk, but he was some kind of lift, but uh, he just knew that he had that kind of charisma to him and uh, work ethic. And uh, one thing you always find out about guys is when somebody's not watching them, what they do, you know, a lot of times you got to have the hammer down and watch everything, but the real great ones, they do it on their own and they, they, they don't need the supervision of somebody cracking a whip at them. So uh, I, I just feel like he's going to have a big year. We, we didn't hear, hear a whole lot about how the offensive line looked, but Kirby Smart was mentioning that the offense looked better than the defense, which makes a lot of sense, replacing a lot of guys on the defense. But uh, we did get to hear from one of the offensive players today besides Brock Bowers. Uh, Dan, you want to bring up uh, Broderick Jones, Georgia's starting left tackle? Yeah, and he was asked by our own Jed May, why did you stay at Georgia, whereas someone that was recruited as highly as he was and didn't get significant playing time until the latter part of last year, and a lot of cases in college football, they end up in the transfer portal. Here's what he said. Because it's a grind. It's a grind. You, you don't give up on your dreams just because things aren't going your way. You, you stick it out and try and make it work. Just like in, in life, if something's not going your way, you – why would you just give up? Hey, that's awesome. I mean, that makes my day. I mean, it, it, you got to say something like that, and that's the kind of guy he is. I mean, he knows what's out there for him. And he's the most valuable player team right now as far as what are we going to do if something happens to him. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe Stetson Bennett uh, a little bit more, but I'm just saying – Coach Searles, uh, Coach Smart, uh, Coach Munkin, we got a lot of what ifs there because right now we got a second team tackle in Ernest Green who we were counting on and hadn't practiced a lot. So you're going to have to look at uh, Mims over there, some at left tackle, Warren McClendon, some at left tackle, Trust there. You got to have somebody if, like what happened here when he had to come in for Jamari Salyer. Uh, he was ready to go because they worked him and, uh, the guy's got a good, good uh, moxie about him. I mean, I saw him summer when they were doing one on one with the, uh, you know, the D line going against the offensive line. Of course, they don't have pads on him. It's pretty competitive now. I mean, very getting after it. But and um, Williams, the number thirteen, the kid from down in Columbus, was rushing him, and he was going hard and going. After the whistle a little bit, and and it would have been easy for old Broderick just to get one more shove in there, but he did. He just went up there and patted him on the back and said, "Hey, that's what me, man. I, I like to see that." 
And that's the kind of leader you want right there in your own me lot of Jamari right there. I thought it was interesting that uh, in spring, Kirby Smart mentioned when he was asked about Broderick Jones, it's like, what does he need to do? And Kirby said he needs to get more physical, you know, and then he'd uh, be better at run blocking. And he was, Broderick was asked about that specific. He's like, yeah, I've been in the weight room. I, I've been working to get that way. So he's answered the bell and uh, he looks great. And again, he's, he's a good technician. He got great feet. And uh, I'd whole lot rather ha have a guy need to get more physical than, than need to get more quickness because you're not yeah. going to get any more quickness. Or, I, I mean, it's not going to happen. You can work on technique and all, but, uh, you know, we like that power ball. I mean, we like to line up and mash people, and he, he's going to definitely get better at that. But he's going to have a lot of help, though. When you can put Darnell and uh, Gilbert beside you and Bowers come in motion, I mean, that's a lot of mass coming at those guys. So, uh, and, and who's beside him right there at that uh, left guard spot? What's that? So who's beside him on the left guard spot? Well, I think it's that's uh, something that's got to be decided uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot now. Who, who's going to win? I, I mean, a lot of it is uh, – that's a tough question, but I'm going <laughs> to – I need to answer it. I would have answered it perfectly if if uh, Tate Ratlitz hadn't been gotten turf toe. Oh yeah, but you had a given there right guard with Tate Ratlitz had a tremendous fall so far. I mean, just coming back out for that tough injury and was working good, uh, and then all of a sudden you get turf toe, and now you're having to not only find a left guard, you got to find a right guard. So uh, moving people around in their uh, of course, you got Truss has more experience than anybody. He's been a starter, started in the bowl game. He can play tackle or guard. Uh, Willow can play guard either side. Uh, and then, uh, you know, McClendon can play guard if, if you need him to and, uh, and bring him inside and play uh, Mims and tackle. So uh, not to mention uh, uh, Warren Erickson, who has started some at guard. Uh, this Jared Wilson is a young guy, red shirt freshman from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Powerful guy. He, he's very, uh, very good technician. And then you got Micah Morris. I mean, you got a lot of guys, but uh, we got some big, big shoes to fill there. But the thing that worries me is what's going to happen if Tate can't go, then you're going to have some real question marks there as far as experience. Uh, Erickson doesn't get enough credit for what he does, but it reminds me a lot. He's a Stetson Bennett of the offensive line. I mean, <laughs> people don't give him near enough credit. He's a dang good player and he's very smart. He can play guard or center. So, uh, Willock, you know, I've always liked Willock and he streamlined his body. Uh, and he and Truss are fighting it out, uh, for sure. Uh, if, if something happens to, to, uh, Eight, then I would say those would be the two guards. Oh, let's, pause, let's pause that chat there for a second, Roddy, because it bleeds very much into our next segment. So why don't you uh, tell us about the offer that you were telling me about from uh, your friends at your pie? Well, so it's Tuesdays late. You think, okay, it's a little too late to buy your pie after being reminded that today's the day to get it. But I just got on my app because you know, I have the your pie app. They just hit me up with a, Hey, it's your half birthday. 
I didn't know it was my half birthday. Come in and have a free scoop of gelato. And remember, they have the uh, key lime cream gelato. So I'm like, what? What is what is a half birthday? It's, it's exactly halfway since my last birthday to my next birthday. So it's oh. the halfway point in the year. And I'm like, I didn't know that. So good to know that uh, uh, it is. It's the 16th. My birthday is February 16th. It's August 16th. Makes I, need, sense. I need to start doing that every month. <laughs> they need a free gelato, so they keep up with you. No, I mean, just I need as many birthdays. I know I'm looking down the fourth quarter, man. I need all those birthdays I can get. Well, so, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll send you the code. You can go get you a free ice cream over there. And of course, they had that Cubano pizza that you really got to try. You know, the olive oil, mozzarella, house pickled jalapenos. I just need a jar of those. Uh, that spicy Dijonet sauce, pickles, and then of course the uh, uh, bacon and ham. So. Uh, hit up your pie. It's Tuesday. Don't miss out. Uh, if you missed out today on the double points, go ahead and place your order for tomorrow and still get the double points. So hit them up when you get a chance. And also I mentioned uh, two new sponsors we have coming on. Uh, the 7-6. I'm wearing the shirt they sent me. The, the 7-6 apparel. They're going to definitely sponsor our watch along this coming uh, uh, game against Oregon. Uh, probably send us some new gear there. So check out the 7-6 when you get a chance. And Prime Shrimp, okay? It's a New Orleans shrimp company. Uh, they This family's been peeling, you know, catching, peeling, and uh, sh- uh, processing shrimp for many, many years. Now they have a direct-to-you system where you go on to primeshrimp.com, you order it, they send you in a uh, overnight in a box with this dry ice in it, you can get a, a pound of shrimp, and they put the shrimp into two different packets. It's frozen. It comes with the dry ice. You get to play with the dry ice, the best part of it. And then you just take one of those uh, packets out of the freezer and you drop it into boiling water. Four minutes. Take the bag out of the water, cut it open, drop it into your tacos, drop it into your salad, drop it onto your plate. And if you want, you know, you want the French Quarter Alfredo flavored, the garlic herb flavor, the signature season, the plain, the lemon, whatever you want. It's a fantastic concept. They sent me some. I tried it. Best damn shrimp we're ever. We're definitely having some of those to watch along. Yeah, I'm just telling you, this is, this is going to be a big thing. So when we when they are officially on board, they're going to have a 50% off code for people to hit up. So remember, Prime Shrimp, 50% you get off. get them the next day? Next day. And you get to play with the damn ice, the dry ice. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but I'm like, I was more excited about the dry ice than I was the shrimp because I'm such a nerd. So We need you to know, get a recipe from Van Pran's family down in New Orleans. Play, so we can play try with it out. dry ice. What do you, play, what do, you do? Just play, what? I just put it in water and let it just bubble because I'm a nerd. Man, but when I was talking to the guy out there, guess what he was wearing? Dead Soxy Socks. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. But so basically, good. because they know that our readers love Dead Socky Socks and they had such a good, su- such good success being on our podcast, we can do a on that podcast too. On the vent here. When's the last time you played with any dry ice? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it up there. And people, the first video I put out is not going to be me cooking the shrimp. It's going to be me playing with dry ice because I'm such a nerd. Uh, just don't uh, do it over my house. I'll be dropping in your pool and it's going to be bubbling out. Yeah. You're going to love it. Uh, but our friends over at Dead Soxy, they've uh, they said, "Hey, uh, advertising with UGA Sports is good because they're they have great customers over there. Uh, they've bought a lot of stuff from us, and everybody that's bought stuff from Dead Soxy has been very happy with it because they have the True Stay technology. They don't slide down, they don't fall off, they don't bunch up. Uh, they feel incredible. They're fantastic. Uh, 
when they make them out of that really soft yarn, you, you love it. You don't have the giant seams that go across your toes that hurt your feet when you're wearing your, your dress. Your dress shoes are maybe a little too tight, or they have the no-shows that I wear every day. So check out our friends over at Dead Socks. The season's here. you got to get your uh, nice new Georgia socks for the Oregon game, for Samford, or for Auburn. you got to have your lucky socks. So you can't use the ones you wore last year because those are the ones that bought you a title. Those have to be retired in the place of honors, but you have to get new lucky socks and hit up our friends at Dead Socks and they'll take care of you. All right. So for this next segment, Coach, what is Roddy known for in the football season? What is he known for? Yeah. What do people know Roddy for when it comes time for football season? Going out of town and good shit happening. I don't know. All right. Well, I was gonna go. I one, but I think you you have a better answer. But oh, number two, three, oh, three, two, one report. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Got uh, all right. Every what it's usually Friday night or Saturday morning during the season. These three, two, one reports that are just jam packed with insider info will find their way onto the dog vent at UGA Sports. Don't set the bar that high. It's supposed to just be. Don't don't. Set As it bar. happens. Yeah. Exactly. Just we'll find them. Good thing I, I know how the website works. Um, yeah. So here we go. I have an impromptu three, two, one report, um, which is me throwing questions out to Jim Don and he telling me if, if I know what I'm talking about. So three players uh, who are getting some shine right now, doing really well in fall camp. We've talked about some of these. So I'm going to uh, change one on the fly. Let's start with Devin Willock because coach, I know you say that uh, left guard is, is still being determined. Yeah. Uh, from the people I've been talking to, Devin Wallach was awesome in the last scrimmage. And I think it's his to lose. He's done a good job for sure, but uh, I don't know who you're talking to. But uh, I, I don't have any inside information like you do. But he, I like him. But uh, the problem we got, as I answered, was uh, with what's going to happen with Tate. So, uh, but trust is, is both of these guys are, are really good and uh, work hard and. Uh, I've, I've always been high on Willick, and he redefined his body. Uh, really looks – I mean, he, he looks like a guard. I mean, he, he looks really good. Another player that's shining. We mentioned his name, but I would like some more elaboration on Jackson Meeks. Well, Jackson Meeks, number 17, uh, is a good, good receiver. I mean, he got a lot of good reps last year when George was out. Uh, worked with the twos when uh, AD worked with the ones. And he's very solid. He knows what how to run routes. Good intermediate guy. He knows how to read coverages. And uh, we're going to really need him this year. You know, I, I think Meeks can be uh, a guy that can come in there and do some really good things. Hopefully, we can keep Garrison and uh, also uh, uh, Blaylock healthy. And uh, as I've said, though, I think McConkey and uh, Mitchell just give us similar type receivers that maybe not what Ohio state has, but really good receivers. The third that I had on this list was Darnell Washington. We talked a lot about him. So impromptu I've seen Malachi Starks name jump up on some of these. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I wasn't sure how, when you asked me that, you know, three, two, one, I didn't know you were going to come with your threes. So I, I had my threes that I was going to talk about. Well, you can do the Don in three, two, one report in a second. I like this. From a freshman standpoint, defensively, he was number one. I mean, the guy can cover. He can play special teams. He's just a very 
mature freshman that has improved so much by being here in the uh, spring and working under Coach Muschamp. Uh, just a, he's just a winner. He, he's the kind of guy you want back there. Uh, he, he's going to be really good. The, the other three, because uh, I got four on defense, is, is Walker, number 11 in linebacker, just can't miss player. He, I mean, you can't believe how good he looks on the hoof. Jaylen Walker. I was talking to him a little bit the other day about his dad's team at Catawba. They're getting ready. And then his brother's team there at Boyden High School getting ready to, to start the season. And he's all fired up about, about them. But uh, he really matured a lot in the spring, too. Uh, we haven't talked about Tresman Marshall enough. He's really getting some good one reps, and he's finally healthy. And put him out there with Sori and uh, Dumas Johnson. Those are good players. But but the other two freshmen are Everett, number six, just uh, pennies from heaven from Clemson. Dabo, we appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Venables leaving. We got him. And then uh, guy can cover. He can support. He's fighting Lassiter and Green for that other corner. And then uh, number 13 in your program, number one in your heart, Mikael Williams, just an absolute stallion. He's going to be difference maker down the road, maybe not right now. Those are the three and a half on on defense. On offense, uh, Ernest Green has not played a lot this spring, but uh, since the spring he's been hurt, but he's going to have to help us in the old line. If, he, if he's healthy, he had a, I think he had some kind of leg situation. And then Oscar Delp, even though Oscar is behind some good players, I mean, this guy is a is a flat-out baller now. Yeah. I mean, he's unreal. He's uh, – I'm glad he didn't go to South Carolina. I mean, uh, oh, you know, God. <laughs> we're talking about him going there. I knew he wouldn't go there. Uh, there was a little secret weapon helping him here. but uh, I, I just wouldn't want his mom trolling the Georgia fans like she trolls everybody else. Mom. Mom's good, but I mean, he's, great. he's a freshman. They can play special teams and, and jump in there, mm-hmm. and and then uh, you know we mentioned Bell. Uh, he, he's ahead of the curve, but the, the other two freshmen that uh, one of those backs probably got to jump in there if they can. Uh, something doesn't happen if we if we keep getting backs hurt, but that's the way I see that with the uh, freshmen. As far as the three guys that are jumping out from the uh, varsity uh, there's a lot of them jumping out at me I mean three of the top five players in the country Bowers Carter and Ringo I mean come on how many people got they can talk about Bryce Young and and Anderson we got our three musketeers they got the dynamic duo so we got three (laughs) of the top seven or eight in the country I can tell you those three they coach. They put up some uh, scrimmage photos, and there's a picture of uh, Ringo running after uh, Kenny McIntosh. And honest to God, I've been doing photography a long time. If I had, was just looking at the scene, or just looking at that picture, I wouldn't have thought that was a cornerback. I'd have thought that was an outside linebacker running him down. That's for sure. I, I remember me uh, one of the strength coaches, new strength coaches last couple, uh, like the first year that I was uh, met this guy. And he was looking at some of our players, and he said, you know, where I came from, said that guy would be an outside linebacker. He was talking about Ringo. And he came from a Power 5 school, too. But uh, he, 
You think I don't understand? Maybe it's because Kirby just wants to keep hammering. I, I sure would like to see him return some kicks too, or put him in there like champ and throw him a couple underneath routes. But uh, he can definitely show you his tail lights with that sub blazing speed of his. But uh, he, he's definitely getting a lot of technique work from uh, Coach Brown and working hard out there. And like we've always talked about. Going against each other is, is like playing in the game. I mean, you're going against good players out there. I mean, yeah, you, you, you may be really – Chris Smith. I mean, Chris Smith's a damn good cover guy. I mean, he's having to cover Bowers and Washington and Gilbert. And uh, Jackson, the same thing. Those safeties, they get better doing that. But uh, some good, good guys there. And people might say, you know, hey, you're a homer. You're talking them up and all this and everything. Hey, I, I am a homer, but I promise you this: I'm not going to give you any bad shit on this program. Okay? No, I'm not going. I'm not going to talk. I shouldn't have said that. It's okay. I said the word, but I'm not going to give you any false hope. I'm going to tell you like it is. Like I'm worried about the kicking game right now. I'm worried. You're stealing my shine, Coach. I have a two and a one left. Well. All right, go on and shine me there. You got – I'm losing the shine off the top of your head. I can't figure out if I'm getting more shine off of Roddy's or yours. But And mine's pretty bad too. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't know if this was a, a fall show or not with that plaid shirt you had on. But it, <laughs> I, I'm trying to will the fall weather to get here. That, means football. Is that the new general manager look at the <laughs> – I'm oh, one I, step away from Dimitrov at this point, right? Yeah, well, he, he doesn't have – who's he working for now? I'm just saying he, he had his tailored situation. Anywho, uh, two things that I just find that need a little bit of elaboration, and this All really right, goes yeah, into well. the, the offensive line shuffle because of Ratledge's injury. So we were on the same page there. Jared Wilson getting the look on the inside. Tell me more about him, his skill set. Uh, what do we not know about Jared Wilson and where he fits into Georgia's front? Well, it's just a good job recruiting to get uh, Jared Wilson out of North Carolina. A stronghold over there at Winston-Salem. Uh, North Carolina has always done well there. And uh, we got him. Uh, he redshirted last year. He had a little bit of injury and got his feet wet. But he he's a real technician. He, he gets after you. I mean, he goes to the whistle blows. And, uh, you know, I don't know that he's ready to be a starter uh, based on what I saw in the spring, but uh, he definitely getting taking advantage of uh, Tate being out and getting a lot of work. So uh, I'm glad we got him, and he, he's going to be a good player. It's like Morris. We we weren't able to see Morris much in the spring because he had an injury coming in, and uh, I don't know, he might have had some kind of surgery, but he's another one. Both these guys, you know, it's a bad thing to say on this because we have women – listen to the show and stuff, but you want some of those guards that'll bite you in the balls, man. You want them, you want them to come off there and just get off of you and bite you below the belt. You know what I mean? So, uh, nothing wrong with that statement here. I don't bite you in the testicles or whatever you want, <laughs> but they, those guys are get it. They get after you. The other elaboration that I have to understand that coach. The other elaboration is in Roddy's observations from the last media session that, that I was at at the scrimmage. Uh, he noticed that that's uh, pretty last... impressive. You guys going to practice? That's that's impressive. Hey, the access has been better 
this like no. i think media has been able to see a bit more and if no. i'm going to criticize when i don't think media gets to see enough i at least have to praise when more effort is made do we want more absolutely but like good on kirby and them anywho um austin blasky was getting reps at left tackle and i thought he was primarily a center at this point and i'm just curious does georgia have center and tackles as the same person because that is increasingly rare uh it's just a case of trying to get to get some players in there when you got injuries all of a sudden you're your first team guard and your second team left tackler out. You you want to give a guy a chance to maybe, even though he's a center or guard, you know, give him a chance to see what he can do there. Uh, so I think it's more of a case of just n- not typecasting, just getting a different body out there where you can see how he's going to react and give him some reps. I mean, it, he's not going to be going that much with the threes because they're looking at a lot of guys on threes, but all of a sudden green's out, then you can put him in there with it too. So uh, when you guys get out there, I mean, you see these lineups based on the way they are based on injuries, and you got to list them the way they are. That's the way, you know, like I, I see where, well, JoJo caught the first pass, uh, Little John caught the second one, uh, Leroy caught the third one. Hey, I don't know how they fit the lines up, but uh, I, mean, I know y'all got to write it, but. I don't really – you got to watch the old Kirby. He might be throwing some bait out there. Just uh, get some right something oh, he has. He, he has in the past. But uh, I remember uh, Austin Blasky was a state champion wrestler. And, of course, I, I, I know – like, oh, so Fairchild and a bunch yeah. of other guys. I, I love the wrestlers. So, if you want somebody who will bite you in the balls, any of those wrestlers. Yeah, that, Fairchild is one of the strongest players on the team. No yeah. question. I only asked it, Coach, because, like, usually it's center guard combo, and if there's a center tackle thing, it's hard that, to be, it stuck it's out hard to me. To yeah, I mean, we saw we saw Salyer play center and tackle. We saw uh, uh, the guy that went to Tennessee after he came here. He played, he played center and tackle. but uh, They tried McClendon. Uh, McClendon can play some center, too. So, uh, All right, uh, and then my one, because this segment was way longer than it should have been. Uh, my one concern, kicking game. And I think that's been lobbied about, but I'd love your take. Well, you got so much up in there. You're replacing a great kicker, uh, Jake Camarda. I mean, he, he had a couple bad kicks, one in the Sugar Bowl against Texas and all that. But the guy was consistent and an athlete, too, besides being a really good punter. He was a good kickoff guy and uh, very comforting to know you kick off when you go to bed on Friday night for the game that your kickoff guy is going to kick it out of the end zone. Uh, we got to, we got to get that going. You know, this circle kid has not played any yet, but uh, we gave him a scholarship and he, he's got a good leg and he might be the kickoff guy. I don't know. Uh, Pod can kick off. Uh, and sometimes you get in a little bit of a slump. Uh, you, you know, I heard there were a couple field goals missed the other day. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh I, I see our team kicking a lot more extra points than, than we do field goals this year, but just because we're going to be explosive, man. We're going to be uh, dynamite. We're going to be explosive. All right, so that's my uh, three, two, one, Roddy. That that sets the standard for what you have to live up to. forgot to mention the punter. And uh, I've seen him kick out there uh, this summer, and he's got a good leg. He's got a good motion. And – I would have bet you a 
thousand dollars to a cent that Saturday that he couldn't hardly even walk into the stadium. He was so tight. I mean, can you imagine first time in Sanford? I mean, he played in the spring game and all, but man. So I think he'll gradually pick it up. And uh, we got some good cover guys, good snapper. Uh, he's got a good leg and he'll, I know my fresh, my sophomore year, I, I even told Kirby this. I was a punter at NC State and I, I promise you, all during fall camp, I couldn't even breathe. And I was playing quarterback too. I was so nervous about punting. I mean, I, it was just, it's just different. And uh, finally, I, settled down a lot and then got better and uh, kicked pretty well. But it's just hard to be on the bench and come off the bench and then kick the ball. It's different. And uh, and it's a lot different when you're 90,000 miles from home in Australia. Yeah, well, hey, if, if he can't get it done, Noah will come in and take that job too. So, but yeah, that's the, that's the only really down thing we heard about the – again, and this is from – uh, McGill Society members, uh, uh, people who they spoke to, who spoke to us about the scrimmage, they said the kicking just was not great. So, but again, yeah. like the coach is the first one. When, yeah. And Kirby mentioned it, you know, he wasn't all that thrilled about it. But I, that I think Here's the other thing about it, about those like, guys that go to our scrimmages and all, we we haven't. The guys have a lot of chances to fail. I mean, yeah, I mean that. They go out there about twelve fifteen and leave about four. I mean, they get a thousand reps and they they don't mess around with a kicking game either. I mean, after every situation on offense, they do some kind of kick, kickoff return, punt return, field goal. I mean, they practice that as much as they do the offense and defense. So you're going to have a chance to not kick as good, maybe, but. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be – we're not going to be as good at punting as we were last year. I mean, you're just not going to be as good. Well, I can tell you somebody who's going to be just as good as they were last year, and that's our friends out of Athens Ford. They were they were strong through COVID. They were strong through the uh, lack of vehicles being available. They're strong through, uh, you know, they uh, increased um, prices on all these cars. They kept them down as low as possible. Uh, I know that for a fact. We went out and bought one, and uh, for my son who just went off to college, shout out to Ollie DeBolsey, who we just dropped off at UNG in the Corps of Cadets. Love you, buddy. But our friends at Athens Ford make sure that he had a great vehicle to get up there. You know, my wife and I. This is our only son. We 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 know he's got to drive to Dahlonega. We we you know, worry about him leaving the house, so we went to make sure he had a good car, a good safe car. We went to our friends at Athens Ford, and they set him up fantastically, just like they will do for you and. Uh, hopefully in four years he'll be able to get that. Uh, well, right now he can get the student discount, which we took advantage of, five hundred dollars off for uh, college student recent grads. Then you have the uh, military discount, five hundred dollars off for veterans and active uh, members of the U.S. military. So, uh, and of course, if you if you're not either one of those, you still get the lifetime powertrain warranty. So, check out our friends at Athens for what about, a, what about AARP? No, no, not another for you. They, we're taking your keys away anyway, so we, you, you don't get that. Fortunately, you drive me around once in a while when I leave the house. He probably gets the shuttle to the tennis court these days, right? No, you try. I know you drive it everywhere. Hey, you got a new vehicle too, so I don't want to hear it. Hey, let me just tell you this. Uh, Athens Ford, you you get – the thing that I like about it over there is customer service when you walk in there. 
you can tell if the people are genuine and if, if they're really interested in you as uh, making you happy as, as compared to just making a sale. I mean, they know what they're doing, and uh, you don't get the kind of success rate they got by, by having a bunch of Willie off the pickle boats working there. I mean, they got some good people. You're right. It, it, somebody said it the other day, they said, I went over there, I didn't feel like a mark. And I'm like, ah, yeah, because you feel like, you know, somebody's here to take advantage of you. And you don't feel that when you walk in over there. And uh, speaking of that side of town, the uh, west side of Athens, uh, this right before we went up to UNG, we met with a uh, former Georgia tight end, Jack Lunum, who uh, did ROTC while he was at Georgia. So he's a tight end, you know, walk on tight end at Georgia, but he also went through the ROTC program at Georgia. And we picked his brain because Ollie's doing ROTC up there. But we met at Academia Brewing Company for their biscuit and brunch, uh, biscuit and beer brunch. I'm gonna tell you, it's tough to find good homemade biscuits, but they have a, a biscuit out there, a big old cathead biscuit, and they uh, cut it and it's got all the butter on it. Then they put in the sausage and the uh, egg and the cheese and the giant topping. My boy had maybe the best looking hamburger I've ever seen in my life. Uh, uh, Jack's uh, sandwich, the tripletta sandwich, looked amazing. My wife got the same thing I did, but she just uh, she didn't have any sausage on hers. It was just the egg and cheese uh, biscuit. But and the beer out there was fantastic. So if you get a chance, swing by Academia Brewing Company on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, it's their biscuit and beer brunch. Try it out. And then of course, if it's uh, tomorrow night, they have Wine Wednesday, and then Thursday they have live music featuring Monkey Wrench. So hit up our friends at uh, Academia Brewing Company when you get a chance. You'll absolutely love it. Hey Dan, right. I want to give you a good ROTC story because. Back when I was in college at NC State, you had to take uh, ROTC. You could either take Air Force or Army. A um, bunch of football players took the Air Force because you didn't have to have a weapon to clean and all that. And uh, so, but we had this one guy who was really far up in the in the regiment. There, I mean, he was like a junior or senior, and he was on our team. And he was not that great a player on the team, but he was a real jerk to all of us at inspection and everything. I mean, he's on our own team and he's giving us a lot of grief and we're having this big inspection after practice one night, we had to go march and all that stuff. And, and uh, so a couple of our guys went down there and, uh, and we, you know, when we, after we showered, we were putting on our uniforms and going up, went down there and got his name is Dan Golden. He got his shoes and taped up, I mean, they put so much tape on his shoes. He's probably still trying to get the tape off of it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a classic. We all knew it was going to happen. And I love it. We, we had, you know, you need to learn. You can't, you can't uh, bash on your boys like he was doing. So, uh, and he got down there and he said, "If you only knew how long it took me to shine these shoes." <laughs> so, uh, there's a good ROTC story for you. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm Last glad it wasn't mandatory when I went through UGA. Let's uh, sneak in some questions from the dogmen at UGASports.com as we wrap. Uh, this is from JBH3RD. I don't know what that stands for, but he says, uh, Coach, I'm a little concerned about the defense this year. Gave up nine points a game last year. What do you think Georgia gives up this year? His gut says 17 points per game well i mean that's that's realistic i mean you playing in modern football people are scoring at a great clip i mean you got a lot better passing and and uh, you know all these fast 
receivers and all that, and we're going against some high-powered offense. But uh, I would take 17. I mean, you know, we're going to be playing a bunch of guys in the third and fourth quarters and may, may give up some plays. But uh, I, I think our offense is going to average high 30s, maybe even more. So uh, uh, there's reason to be a little concerned when you got guys that have gone on to the pros. But uh, we really have more guys coming back off of last year's team that were productive than we did the year before that were coming back that were productive. So uh, I can't give you his whole moniker, what his whole name was. But, <laughs> you know, I would just say this, don't sweat it, man. Don't sweat it. Pete Tech One says, which team do you think has the best chance to beat Georgia in the regular season? Georgia. Perfect I mean, answer. We, we can't beat ourselves. Uh, we got, we you know, other teams, we got better players than most of the teams we play. And uh, I know you get tired of me saying stuff like this, but I've been saying it since I was in the eighth grade. Most games are lost or not won. Uh, South Carolina – Three years ago, I mean, you lose by making dumb mistakes and turnovers and penalties and missed assignments. Uh, don't beat yourself. If we, we don't do that, we'll be okay. From Big Dog, Coach, I'm finally hearing good things out of camp about Tresman Marshall, which is great news. However, various types of injuries have continued well, you to listen slow the- to me earlier tonight. That was good. Hopefully, <laughs> This came in at 526, so y'all were just vibing today. Uh, yeah. He says various types of injuries continue to slow down the progress of three other outstanding players for the better part of their career at Georgia and Ryan Davis, Kendall Milton, Arian Smith. So in your opinion, can you see any of these very talented players being able to play long enough to get their shot at the NFL? Yeah, I think Tresman is uh, definitely playing loosey-goosey. He looks good out there. I mean, he's a good-looking athlete. Uh, I haven't seen that much out of Ryan Davis, but Milton, I, I just think, you know, it he, he hurts your knee, uh, you know, like he, he did that one year. It's hard to come back. Uh, but uh, I, I definitely think he's got a great shot at being the pro player. And who was the other one? Uh, he said Arian Smith. We talked about him. Well, Arian, uh, I mean, just somebody's going to take him just for camp, even if he – I mean, if he, he's in a – one percentile of guys in the world that can run. I mean, I'm just talking about if you had a, I mean, I said this on here about six or seven years ago, and I'm going to say it one more time and I won't ever say it again. If you had a guy that had a gasoline enema, then you see that guy go, man, that's him. He, he can, he can go. He just like a, Boom. He would be there. This question from Dog Bite You. This is an old school question for Coach. My favorite play in Coach forever. My what? favorite play in Coach Donna's playbook was the tight end delay to tight end delay to Larry Brown, Jermaine Wiggins, Javaris Johnson. He he thought Randy McMichael may have ran it too. Why is the tight end delay not commonly used anymore? At least the way that you used it with the different formations and personnel. Groups. Well, they, they use it. If you look at that play we threw to Brock uh, for the touchdown against Bam in the championship game, it was RPO off a run, and they throw a little underneath to him with the screen action. Well, we didn't have the RPOs back then. We, you know, we had checkoffs and all, but 
I tell you, the one thing that happened on that play, I had a guy at Missouri that I actually saw down at uh, West Palm when I was doing some TV, hollered across to me from the parking lot, hey, coach. And I recognized him right away. He was from uh, up there, same place Dan Lanning's from, up there in uh, North Kansas City. And uh, he came up with the idea on on the tight end delay. You just never know where the linebackers are going to drop, you know, different times or the rush and all. And and so many times you throw it into a crowd and it doesn't work. So he came up with the idea of a go call. So the idea was the quarterback gets his drop and the tight ends just delaying and delaying and delaying. And he doesn't leave until he hears the word answer general manager go go so the quarterback says go and then you find the open area because there's an open area that that's never the same just a tremendous success rate on that play i I mean and just because we added the word go we never had to worry about throwing in into a crowd or doing everything and then if the quarterback didn't say go he just kept blocking and the quarterback threw it to somebody else but uh it was uh, – I mean, he should get the patent on the go call. It was just – and it happened in practice. He said, Coach, why don't you just let him tell me when to go and I'll be – because I'm getting tired of you chewing my ass for leaving too quick. So We'll sneak in uh, three more questions. He does a good job, man. He works for AT&T, and, man, he's doing well. Here's two from Billy Zane. Let's all answer this one. Who on this team has surprised you with how good they've been so far in their career? On this team? On Georgia's team right now. Stetson Bennett. I mean, I'll, come on, man. Similar story, I was going to say Dan Jackson. Hey, well, he, he's he got a ways to go to do what Stetson's done, but Dan's done some really good things. Dan changed his number. I mean, 17 looks a lot more like a safety than 47. I mean, I don't know what it is, but 47 reminds me more of a linebacker. But he's a dang good player, Jackson. I, I like him. Roddy, who surprised you? Uh, I have to go with Warren McClendon. I mean, I knew he was going to be good, but it's just he, he didn't come in with all the hullabaloo that uh, Broderick Jones or Marius Mims came in or, you know, Isaiah Wilson, guys like that. It's like, okay, uh, definitely a guy who could start, you know, but to lock it down like he has with all those five stars coming trying to take his job every year. Definitely done well. He, that, great, kid. Kid. great kid, great kid. Great representative Billy, of the university, too. Billy Zane's follow-up yeah, question, got, Coach. Yeah, some guys there in the line with him and Van Brand that can articulate. Not Van Brand for president. I'm starting out uh, – I'm going to skip the whole Heisman thing. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to be uh, Cedric Van Brand's campaign manager when he goes to be president. Wouldn't be very hard to do much better speaking than that. But uh, anyway, no. yeah. Second part of his question was, Coach, who on one of your Georgia teams from the 90s was a guy that maybe you weren't sure would be great when they came in, but they ended up being really great? Hey, it's five minutes after nine, and I'm supposed to be in bed, and they were asking me a question like that. that <laughs> you want to save it for next week? You mean it talked about surprise me being better than what I thought they would be? Yeah, someone that, you know, surprised you that they turned out to be a really, really, really good player, and maybe you didn't know that coming in. i tell you one of the best surprises I ever had was Chris Terry 
moving him from defensive end to uh, offensive tackle. Had really long arms and and very fast. He he could run, covered on punt teams and all. But he he just was a natural offensive lineman, one of the best holders I've ever had. I mean, he could hold if he locked those arms into you, you were history. So he he turned out to be a really pleasant surprise. I don't know that that was the best one, but yeah. it was a good, good move uh, him moving like that and uh, just. Uh, Phillips moving from uh, wide receiver to defensive back, too. I mean, he ended up being a pro player. And final question of the night. This right, is from Rowdy Dog. We got another one on uh, online. Hey, let's go to midnight. I want Johnny Carson, you know. Yeah. Oh, you got nothing better to do, Coach. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Coach, tell us about the time Mike the Tiger got you after uh, your, got after your rear down in Baton Rouge. I don't know they get after my rear, but, uh, you know, it's pretty frightening being in the dang locker room and that tiger's out there roaring right outside you, you know. I mean, it's just a different different atmosphere. But uh, I didn't know that he didn't, he didn't come after me specifically. Two things I remember about that trip. One, our bus, we had unbelievable police escort, and we still got hit. Our bus going through a light got hit. And I was sitting right there in the front seat. And I, I can still see that guy's eyes coming right at me. And uh, that's close to – I mean, I was, I was looking at – I've been waiting all my life to coach down here in Death Valley, and I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, here he comes, but we made it. And then the other thing was halftime. Uh, you know how you talk to your team uh, about different things that have to happen and I just went over to our defense. I said, just make them miss their turn once. We can just stop them once. We got a chance. I said, we got to make a punt, man. Let's do something. I mean, they were on fire. We were on fire. But uh, it was a great win. I mean, on the road, uh, really, our team, we, we were like 110 out of our last 11. And then, Came up, played so bad against Tennessee the next week. It's so bad. It was pitiful. What was what? the uh, final question, Roddy? There was one uh, from uh, Twitter, our buddy uh, UGLMA5. Oh. It was about best running back groups. Um, Here it is. Uh, from UGLMA5, question for tonight's show. Was Lars Tate, Tim Worley, Keith Henderson, and Rodney Hampton the greatest backfield of running backs ever at UGA? I vote yes. Hard to believe they're all on the same team. 87, 88, I believe. That was a good group, man. I'm, I hate to, and that's terrible about Lars passing away, but yeah. Tim Worley, my first recruit for Georgia, and I wasn't even coaching there, but uh, Tim, uh, great player, and uh, Rodney Hampton, I mean, come on. A lot of good players. But, you know, we had. Did some good backs keep coming here. I mean, uh, every year, you know, we had at that one time we had Robert Edwards and Patrick Pass and uh, Brett Melican and uh, Orlandis Gary uh, all at once. That was a pretty good group, too. To me, it's hard to beat Gurley, Marshall, Chubb, Michelle, Douglas. Hey, that was that was stronger than Ajax and Karimpolis. <laughs> And who? Kyle Karimpolis. G-Day okay. legend. <laughs> I love Kyle. He's a good kid. 
Uh, he's a grown ass man now. I need to get back on that. Uh, but you know, we we I put that to Dave, and of course, Dave's like, "Hey, Sinkwich, Trippy, and Davis." I'm like, "Oh yeah, well that's yeah, <laughs> okay, that that's fair too." So it's and that is a, a controversy that will or a, a topic that we could discuss ad nauseum, and we could do a whole show on that, but we don't have the time. It's time for yeah, time to go to bed. That's good. Hi, right, folks. We will talk to you next week, uh, next Tuesday. Uh, either at noon or at eight, depending on what Kirby Smart gives us when it comes to uh, access to the team. What are we doing? Uh, what I mean, we this is two weeks in a row we've been the late night. So People like you, the dawn and after dark, man. Yeah, I like this after dark. What did you say? I said people like the dawn and after dark. Oh, shit. Where did you come <laughs> up with that? <laughs> it's a whole theme, Coach. They love it. Uh, but anyway, uh, big shout out to your friends that uh, I, need a little time. I need a little time to see if I can find a plaid shirt, though. I mean, <laughs> you can hey, borrow mine. Let's see if they will make a uh, silver britches uh, with a little plaid yeah. on the shoulders for you, coach. Yeah, that, I, I, I noticed that you're wearing a small instead of an extra large. I mean, get those guns out there. Yeah, I gotta get the guns out. Yeah. Yeah. Before that now, yeah, just, I must have put the gut below the camera. I think he's done a good job on. I mean, when you look at some of these pictures of him four or five years ago, I mean, he's a physical marvel now. <laughs> hey, just try to keep up with that boy of mine, coach. I like I like the fact, man. You, you, it just there's no reason for anybody not to work out. I mean, you can do something. Just get off your ass and onto your feet, out of your seat, and get after it. Well, you, you. You inspired me and I did it. So we're there. I give you a lot of credit for that. I don't know, but I'm glad. I, you sure do. You sure do have a lot better chance of being healthy with that, what you're doing. Yeah. We've got to see these grandkids at some point. All right, folks. Uh, that's all we have for this week. Be sure to tune in next week, uh, next Tuesday, either at noon or at eight, depending. We'll let you know. Uh, shout out to our friends at Yurpi, uh, Athens Ford. Academy Brewing Company, Dead Soxy, and of course our uh, new sponsor, Prime Shrimp. We will be launching their deal very soon with the 50% off deal. So when you see us put up that, pro that, pro that promo code, jump on the Prime Shrimp guys and let them know that you heard about them at UGA Sports Live with Tell them about the round the league. When are we going to start that in two weeks? Yeah, we'll start that the Thursday before the season. We'll do a season preview of uh, around the league. will be Thursday nights, 8 o'clock, so more down and after dark as that'll be Coach Don and me and Brent Rollins. Every week we'll talk about the OCC and the games that are happening that week. That's awesome. Look All forward right. to it. Hi, right, folks. We'll see you next week. Y'all take care.